Happy Sunday morning, Salt Lake City, <laughs> Provo, Orem, and Colville. You're listening to AM 1280, 97.5 FM The Zone. This is SLC Culture, a Sunday morning meander, musing, rambling through the arts, culture, and social issues that make up the greater Salt Lake Metroplex. I'm your host, Christian Anderson, just a guy about town, a flaneur, as it were, in the French sense of the word, who's wandering the streets of Magna, of Provo, of Park City, Salt Lake City, or I'm Colville. You never know where I'm going to be to see the arts, culture, social issues, and happenings. Uh, with me is my venerable sidekick, the maven of mischief and music, <laughs> Christy Marcy. I hate it when you do these soft voice like starts well, because then my voice comes on the radio and it's like a shock yeah, to the system. Yeah, it's a, yeah. it's a bit strident. I don't like that. You do have a bit of a strident voice. That's, I do. You know, lean into it. But you know, that was the opening song to Amelie and something a little more contemplative, a little more French, a little flaneur. I know. I did some introspection in that 30 seconds. We're allowed to play it. Hey, uh-huh. I definitely know, did. Perhaps a croissant. <laughs> perhaps an espresso with just a little bit of a crush of uh, of sugar in the raw. Uh-huh. While you contemplate the burned out husk of Notre Dame. Oh, I thought I thought you were going to say the burned out husk of my life, and so no. I'm so glad you went the other way with that. No, you're still in the in the vibrancy of your youth, <laughs> my friend. Uh, but you know, speaking of speaking of people in the vibrancy of their youth, uh, I think our guest today might be the most frequent uh, guest on the uh, four year annals of uh, of our show. I think that's possible, especially it, since uh, Mr. Bolte has stood us up the last few times we have invited him. That's on. true. It's it's a race between film and green bike. Uh, Patrick Hubley, we the move fast. yeah Patrick Hubley, the executive director of the Utah Film Center, is here. Patrick, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I appreciate you guys inviting me on this morning. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, you're like a boomerang. We throw you out, and yet eventually you just come back. Oh yeah, or a bad habit, right? Uh, you know, <laughs> or a bad habit. So I'm going to delve into your, interestingly, both your film lore and your being Canadian. Uh, so the I'm I'm currently unemployed and looking for a job, mm-hmm. uh, and so one of the things that I watched the other day was a film that I saw when I was probably in second grade, and this will actually tie in to our topic for today, called Paddle to the Sea. Hmm. Do you remember this? It, they, I do not. So it was about a uh, First Nations boy uh, north of Thunder Bay who carved a uh, carved a First Nations canoe and a person that said, my name is Paddle to the Sea, please throw me back into the water. And it was done in 1962. Uh, it was a short film. Hmm. And he throws it, it goes down the river, goes into Lake Superior, goes through all the locks. It talks about, uh, you know, sort of the industrial world. It talks about pollution, the little... Hmm. Uh, wooden carved uh, guy goes over Niagara Falls. Yeah, it's it's a what? fascinating thing. Yeah, it's it's true, and, and so it's I, a half an hour. I don't know paddle to I, the sea. I will have to look that up. Uh, but speaking of films for children and shorts, uh, let's talk a little bit about tumbleweeds. I think our regular listener will know. I mean, after four years of doing this show, that we talk about tumbleweeds quite a bit. In my mm-hmm. from my old role with my Umoka hat, and you know, we partnered. And just in terms of something that's incredible that happens in this community that not everybody uh, has, uh, give us the skinny on tumbleweeds. 
Well, we are uh, nine years old this year. The festival's so is my son. Excellent. So uh, uh, ninth birthday, and we are a tumble. We're a film festival for for kids, for young audiences and families. And the best way to describe it is Sundance for for young people. So we show films from around the world. Uh, with our audiences, you know, we look, our, we say four and up movies for kids, four and up. So when you say Sundance for kids, are there celebrity lounges? <laughs> no, yeah. no we're, this do is, they get to drive we're, the Power we're, Wheels? Is yeah. there like the Porsche Power Wheels yeah. area? No, we're sponsored by Big Wheel. Um, oh, nice. <laughs> no, I wish. But no, the we're we more mostly we're we're focusing on the movies. We're focusing on having uh, workshops and creative activities that'll engage uh, with you know the kids' imaginations and their creative spirits. So no, no signature so, juice boxes. No gifting mm. lounges. No uh, signature juice boxes, no studded jackets, or I guarantee you there will be some people with studded jackets (laughs) there. I'm hoping Uh, bedazzled jackets. We we should check with Stuart to see if he's going to show up. Stuart should shoot the red carpet at Tumbleweeds. That would be great. (laughs) We should definitely have Stuart there. Um, So let's go with a little bit of the soup to nuts. Uh, First things first. you know, we have a lot of people with kids who listen to this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so where can they find more information? Where is it held? Is it free? Does is there a charge? Sure. Let's go through. Uh, let's go through some of that. Okay. Well, the festival runs the sixth, uh, March sixth to the fifteenth. You can find out more information on the Utah Film Center website, which is utahfilmcenter.org. There'll be a big banner on the front page that'll take you to the tumbleweed section of of our uh, of our online. Um, world the um, we're going to be showing movies both on from Friday to Sunday that are ticketed films um, on both weekends tickets are seven dollars per film Uh, we're going to have workshops running concurrently with the films you know workshops on uh, sound design makeup how to like clay, do claymation, you know m- how to score a film, and those workshops are fourteen dollars. They're sm- they're small, they're intimate, so we typically limit those to eight to twelve participants, so kids can have a really amazing uh, hands-on experience. And then our clubhouse activities, which is set up um, in the. Uh, did I say it's at the library? Uh, you did not. But, sorry, which library? The main branch of the city library. So downtown, Salt Lake City. Downtown Salt, Salt Lake City. Downtown Salt Lake City. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And for those who have been to the library, in the, the atrium, we'll have a bunch of free activities uh, by local arts groups and local organizations that will also, in the spirit of engaging the their uh, kids' creativity and imagination. So those are free to anybody. Uh, you don't have to pay a ticket for that or to participate in those activities. People can just come and check it out. We're also going to be offering some free films uh, the first Friday of the festival, which I believe is during a spring spring break. So if you have kids who want to, and you're looking for something to do, City Library will be showing two free films that day on the 6th, on March 6th, and then we'll have some free movies during the week as well that people can come to. They'll be playing in the evenings on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 7 o'clock. 
Awesome, man. Uh, and that's uh, utahfilmcenter.org, right? That's where yes. That's where the bulk of the information can be found. Exactly. Uh, Christy Marcy. Yes. Uh, despite the fact that you don't look it, you are <laughs> a mother who has raised two children. Uh-huh. Uh, and so, and are a cultural maven. So, have uh-huh. your children partaken of the of the various cultural offerings, such as tumbleweeds and stuff? Charles and I have on occasion. Not, uh, not every year. And now I think he's aged out a little bit. He's 15. Yeah. So, I mean, he's super excited about the new Pixar movie, but I don't think, like, he's... What's... what's, I don't even know what's... It's called Onward, and it opens next week, but, like, other than that, he's super into, like, movies with gore and violence now, which Mm. is disappointing for me. Not not a lot of gore and violence in the the tumbleweeds, I assume? No, no. We try to stay away from that kind of uh, film. There's enough of those movies being... What if it's, like, a cartoonish gore and violence? Oh, yeah. I mean, listen... (laughs) What if it's an Al Gore? <laughs> Any movies about he? climate change Algo, on the right? Yeah, actually, um, I wouldn't put it past you, but yeah, you know, I think that the, it's we, there. Typically, isn't a lot of blood and gore uh, in the films that we're we're showing. You know, unless you're like you said, Christy, it's an animated film. Right. But even those, we I don't. I don't really see a lot of, to be perfectly honest. You know, the sensibilities, like a lot of our films are coming from Europe and coming from other other countries. So, you know, the stories are made with the sort of storytelling sensibilities that are in those countries. And really, if you look at, there's not, you know, the blood and gore is really a, a genre and an American sort of heavy right. style of film. So what do you have? What what kind of movies should people expect to see at Tumbleweeds? We have animated films. We have live action, like fiction films, and we have documentaries. And these are full-length films? They're full-length films. We have two short film programs about of animated films. So we really are running the, the whole gamut of kind of style of film. Um, you know, and a lot of these are going to be shown in their original language. So we have films from France, Germany, South Korea, and we'll, you know, we provide a reader who will can read will read the subtitles along with the film oh. over over our headsets that the audience that the audience can take if they have a hard time keeping up with the subtitles. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So. Yeah. South Korea is all the rage these days in film, I understand. That's what I was going to say. Like, Charlie and I go to a lot of movies, but I couldn't, even after the Oscars, convince him to see Parasite because he just didn't think he could get over the subtitles. I am an old woman I thought it was because he followed Trump and he said, "Eh, South Korea, give me an American film like Gone with the Wind. Yeah. No, but we watched Casablanca the other night. Um, But he... Isn't that a Moroccan film? Yes. Just saying. I don't know. (laughs) What do I know? Um... But yeah, he didn't think he would be able to keep up with the subtitles. I'm an old woman who's gone to a lot of rock shows, so I watch all of my television with closed captions, so I've got no problem with subtitles at all at this point. But but that is a barrier, especially for young kids who aren't necessarily secure in their reading abilities. And that's why we provide the readers. So the mm-hmm. experience is a, can, is a good one and still positive and, you know, hopefully encourage young this the young young audiences to think twice about not seeing a film was because it has subtitles you know so when you start having those opportunities to engage at a younger at a younger at a younger age they may not seem so um out of the ordinary right thing more the more people would be are more accepting so you know i think that uh the way we present is slightly present foreign language films is slightly different than how the rest of the 
most of the film festivals for kids around the world do it, but it really works. And we think it's uh, a really, it opens up a whole new world of storytelling and cinema for young audiences. I love to meet the subtitles. Uh, Millennial Alex, I was reading an article that said that a lot of young people actually prefer to have the subtitles on as they watch anything. Uh, in the fact, closed captions? The closed captions, yeah, the closed captions. And in fact, I was uh, reading a Slate article, something about where this girl was like, why can't I just find a guy that wants to uh, read the closed captions with me? What's your What's your stance as our as our token millennial on the uh, on the closed captioning? That's a hard no for me. Really? Oh, I just hard no. Is that a, like a relationship deal breaker? Uh, no, but like I just you know to me closed caption it gets in the way of the the shot you know like there's there's um, something else on the screen it's you, know. you were pulling for nineteen you were pulling for nineteen seventeen weren't you? Yeah. Are you you're a cinephile in the fact that you're all you're a cinematography buff aren't you? Uh, I, I, I don't know if I'd go that far, but, you know, like, I like subtitles when they, you know, have their place in a movie, but, like, I can't watch it with, like, you know, I don't know, I just struggle with closed captions and things like that, you know, to me, it's almost like leaving the mouse on the screen when you're watching something, and it's like, just get it out of the way, like, I don't need it, if I can hear it and understand it, then I don't want anything else on the screen, if I can't speak the language, then absolutely put subtitles, because I need to know what's going on. But like, I just, yeah. I just, I can't do it. It's, it's not for me. I sometimes don't like closed captions because I read them first and then like I'm laughing while everybody else is waiting for the punchline, you know? And so it can, it, it kind of destroys the pacing of the movie. Yeah. A little bit sometimes, but but again, we're also we're you know we're also talking as adults and functioning in a principally, you know, to your point about like English. Whereas, you know, Patrick, I want to take a couple steps back here. I mean, sure. you are currently the executive director of the Film Center. Before that, you were the artistic director of the mm-hmm. Film Center, and so talk a little bit about your a little bit about your career trajectory and what goes into. I mean, not even just these specific films, but after all these years, what goes into assembling. A film festival, whether it's a Tumbleweeds, whether it's you know a Sundance, whether it's Damn These Heels, like where did you come from? What did you do? And what's the thought <laughs> process? Like, what is the thought process behind this selection of movies that you have? I well, mean, there's an art to it. Yeah. Well, I think that you know, I uh, I grew up in Canada, and so Canada's a dual has two official languages, French and English. So I personally grew up with subtitles you know, on television or, you know, in school, because we would always have, you know, if you're watching public television in Canada, there's, you know, they're make sure that both audiences can can see the content. So for me, subtitles have never really been an issue. So, um, you know, from a young age, but, you know, as I got older, I started working at the Toronto Film Festival. And, you know, one of the programs that they offered was a a film festival for kids in Toronto. And I worked on the publicity team for that festival for three years. But one of the most sort of aha moments I had working uh, there was when I saw a Swedish film uh, on a Saturday morning at 9 a.m. with a room full of, you know, young families and young kids, and it was in Swedish, and I, I heard and saw for the first time how these young audiences could engage in a meaningful way with, you know, a film that they wouldn't otherwise be able or even know about. Or be able to see so it was really um, eye-opening for me and after working at Sundance for eight years 
you know, I left to to start. Actually, I left Sundance to start Tumbleweeds. That was my my goal at the time. I connected with the Utah Film Center, and uh, I guess the here we are today. You know, so for me, you know, I want to show films that are meaningful, that are that trend that whose stories can transcend the political geographical boundaries you know the the like cross borders and that these stories are really universal stories then for kids to have a taste of other cultures through cinema um and to see that you know the kid kids in south korea or in uh in norway or in denmark or in australia have similar challenges issues concerns you know that that are in their lives and so you know not only is it want to do it is the festival intended to be you know that kind of uh um experience but also we want kids to have fun so you know we have these hands-on engagement projects and opportunities as well as we're showing you know animated films from around the world so you know we try to have a nice blend of uh, uh, of of films and, and content and I couldn't do it without the team our, my, our team at the film center I mean you know as executive director I have a, a role I curated all the movie, all the feature films but you know, the credit really goes to the t- our team of uh, 15 who make the festival actually happen. So, And that information is found at utahfilmcenter.org, correct? Mm-hmm. And so all the show run and all the placement is there. So uh, let's talk about, like, what are one or two of the specific films, maybe some of the, you know, the sort of the opening night highlights, or what are one of the or two of the films? I, I know that you selected them all into the film festival, so they, yeah. all, they all connect with you in a certain way. But what are a couple of the highlights? Uh, tell us a little bit about them and why, why you chose them. Well, our opening night film is called The Prince's Voyage. It's a, a French film. Um, by Jean-François Laguillonni. He That's easy for you to yeah. say with your multilingual Canadianness. Aha. And uh, Xavier Picard, he uh, these uh, for Jean-François, he he's a longtime animator and uh, has made I think four or five feature films. One of them we've shown in the past called Le Tableau. This is a beautifully animated film. It's uh, the story is um, is touching about two cultures coming together, but it's the animation is really um, spectacular. And I think that personally, I see a lot of the most interesting animated films are coming out of out of France right now. Interesting. Um, so this one it fits in there. Then our closing night movie, which is Morona's Fantastic Tale. Um, you know, which I think your son might, he, if he's into animation, this mm-hmm. one for sure he might be interested oh, in. interesting. So it, older it, kids may. Yeah, we're recommended this one for 10 and up. But I okay. think that the one thing to note is the films for sort of that we, like we program for older, the older, older kids like Morona, uh, you know, we're recommending The Prince's Voyage at 6 and up. They're really great films for animation lovers not just for kids so Morona's fantastic tale is a story about a a dog um, you know and the dog's life of going through different owners and being adopted as told from the dog's perspective but we have a rule in our house that we don't watch anything about dogs because the dog always dies at the end 
Okay. <laughs> so that's Just, our rule. The, the dog doesn't die at the oh, end. Okay. Of, at the end of this okay, one, all right. um, it actually happens at the beginning of the film. Oh, <laughs> oh no. hashtag spoilers. No, I will never forget. I took my kids to see Marley and Me, um, and my daughter was just sobbing uncontrollably at the end of it. My yeah. son, who was much younger, he was like four, um, completely misunderstood the end of the movie, I th- or or perhaps didn't, because like the punchline of the story is that like his sister was crying uncontrollably, and and he just said, "I wish we could pay someone to kill our dogs." <laughs> so, wow. So after that, uh, no more dogs. Fair enough. Yeah, no but, more anything. But I will say that this I've never seen a movie like this one. Okay. You know, and all the animation is spectacular. The storytelling is is particularly moving, um, and it's uh, it's a unique film. Like I honestly, when I when I first watched, it, I was like, "Holy smokes, what did mm-hmm. I just watch?" So, you know, it is touching. There is uh, you know some sadness, but like many uh, films from big studios, somebody somebody dies. So it is from what country? From France. It's from France, and it's the closing night, so that's the 15th? The 15th, and it starts at 6.30. Okay. Um, you know, so those like, so we have a great range of animated films. You know, some of the live-action films, Roca, Roca Changes the World, is a German film about this young girl who uh, whose father's an astronaut. She grows up on, on the sort of astronaut base um, where he trains and... She's then sounds like my dream. Yeah, sent to live uh, as a. I know she's probably twelve in the film and uh, sent to live with her grandmother and in going into real school. So her creative, scientific, and uh, it's a really charming film about somebody really uh, embracing their their true selves and 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 accepting themselves. When is that one playing? That's on the first Saturday, the seventh. The seventh. Okay. Yeah, I feel like uh, you know that would be a good one to take my son. To that being said, I don't want him to be upset that we didn't grow up on an astronaut base. I mean, I grew up in oh. suburban Minneapolis, and I was like, "Dad, why didn't you take a job in like New York or San Francisco or Seattle or somewhere other than Minnetonka, Minnesota?" But you know, hey. Well, you don't actually ever get to see the base; it's mm. only discussed. So there might it might be uh, you might that might help you out. So, so if somebody's like interest was piqued by the synopses you just gave mm-hmm. would you recommend they buy tickets in advance or can they show up at the door and get tickets if they're not sure how their life is going to look on sure. march 15th like what does the what does this look like the procurement of tickets it has never been a problem for people to buy tickets at the door okay. though you know we always caveat put a caveat out there is you never know right. so if the, there are films that people do want to see i think that you know buying tickets in advance would guarantee them a seat uh, and you can do that through our website at utahfilmcenter.org. Okay. So I, I want to, so again, uh, utahfilmcenter.org. Um, and Patrick, you've been on here a bunch. I want I want you to sort of take off your Utah Film Center hat and put on your uh, general uh, youth film and media aficionado sure. bonnet. Sure. Um, but but I'm like this. I mean, Utah is a very specific place that is great for both for filmmaking uh, and for the support of, of 
of film production, music, and a lot of different things. I mean, first things first, I'm thinking, like, you, you know, I get my coffee every morning at Blue Copper on Central mm-hmm. Night, and Spy Hop is building up. Yep. And so when we think about presenting a film festival for kids, like, what does an organization like Spy Hop do with the ecosystem? Like, talk a little bit about the general film ecosystem here and how people can plug their kids into it. Sure. Well, I mean, Spy Hop's an amazing organization. Uh, you know, that focuses on youth, so teenagers, um, and you know, not only filmmaking, they, they offer not only filmmaking workshops, but, you know, they off, also have a, a music uh, program, they have a, on, a design and graphic design program, game design. So Spy Hop's a really uh, amazing resource for any youth in, in, the, in Salt Lake County to engage with with media and the media arts now they work with us they're presenting two workshops at tumbleweeds oh that's great yeah so they're doing a uh, presenting a claymation workshop you know to learn how to you know how to make a movie using claymation as well as scoring for uh, for film so how to make the score like how to score a movie how to make not the sort of the 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 songs that make the soundtrack of a film but you know the atmospheric music that um you know goes behind is behind the scenes as you're watching them so so we're trying to partner with other film and media arts organizations as part of the festival because we think that this is something that can highlight all aspects of sort of what I, I call cinema culture in in Utah. For me, cinema culture isn't just the watching of the movies. It's not just talking about films. It's also about creating, producing. To me, that's all part of the cultural impact of of, of filmmaking and, and cinema. And so we want to bring everybody together, and that's what our part of our goal is for this community. Why why has why does Utah and and aside from Sundance why does Utah punch above its weight for film and cinema? Well, I think it's you could say that Utah kind of punches above its weight in a lot of different areas, you know. You know but I I think when in terms of cinema it really, I, I think credit has to go to the Sundance Film Festival for nurturing a local audience for, you know, 40 years to to appreciate and enjoy, um, you know, high quality uh, cinema, not only independent cinema, but cinema from around the world. Mm-hmm. And I think we have a, an audience here because of that, that is willing to take risks and willing to embrace and support programs that aren't happening or um, even being discussed in larger metropolitan cities, you know, like we have for a, a city of our size, which I think we're just in the top 40, um, sort of metro areas, we have a lot of cinema, uh, and cinema focused media arts focused programs here in the state. Hmm. Uh, millennial Alex, uh, you grew up here, right? I did, yeah. Okay, so so you have sort of stayed on the train of being in your in your hometown. Uh, the rest of us, like the three of us here, are transplants for various things. So let's say that I am uh, I'm Jake Scott, and I'm firing you today. And not only that, but I'm saying, like, which I wouldn't do because you do an amazing job, Jake. Don't fire Millennial Alex. Uh, but like, let's say you let's say you were at this point where you were like looking at another community that you were going to go to. Uh, you're like you're going to restart your life. You're going to pick up your bag and go to another place. I mean, what are some of the amenities in a city that you would be looking for for a, a young man of your age? Uh, first and foremost, I look for food. Interesting. Yeah, that's mm, you're gourmand. Uh, yeah, kind of a foodie, you know. 
definitely looking for that. But just mostly, you know, something that's also a little bit more relaxed, you know, more my speed, not not too busy, uh, but, you know, there are good opportunities available and, you know, just kind of a, a calm environment. I, I don't know what that means. I mean, the food thing, like, I mean, yeah, are, are you looking for, like, I mean, are you looking for Atlanta? Are you, are you looking for, like, that style of food? Are you are you looking to go, I mean, are you looking to go to New York where you can literally get anything any hour of the day? I mean, but that's not exactly the most relaxed That is not of. a calm environment. I, I would say that Salt Lake is a pretty calm environment for the most part. You're you such know? a homer. I am. I am very biased. But, you know, like, especially the where I grew up, Murray is... You know, and I'm I'm extremely biased Murray's, about Murray. Murray is literally the definition of calm. If you look in the uh, in the dictionary, Murray is a utopia. You know, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Wow, uh, you heard it here first. I Murray is a utopia. I think you should run for city council. I don't know if you've it's been like, a holiday. I mean, where it's pretty holiday is pretty good. It's pretty, like, good, it's pretty, it's pretty good in holiday. Are you technically in holiday? I am. Well, I'm a resident of holiday. You know, I I was looking at speaking of which, uh, the James Beard. Uh, oh uh, yeah. Did you see this, Christy I Marcy? did. That's huge for Salt Lake. So there are four Utah chefs that are regional finalists. Christian, are you a voter? I, is that how it works? Because I, you worked at a James Beard nominated yeah, restaurant. James Beard, now no, is oh, James it Beard like Beard the winning. Academy? James Beard Award winning, not nominated. Uh, won a James Beard Award. Just gonna say, but no, I'm not a voter. Uh, but thank you for remembering. Yeah, um, no, but there are five Utah chefs that are finalists for uh-huh. regional chef. Uh, two of which are in Salt Lake. Uh, two and a half, I, I should say. Kyoto, which I have never been to. Oh, I love Kyoto. And Peggy does great work. And, I, and I, I've mentioned this before. I love that she's a female sushi chef because the Japanese say that women can't be sushi chefs. So I like the way that you say sushi chef. Sushi, sushi, you, you got a little bit of a lisp to it. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, the other one that's solely in Salt Lake City is uh, Derek and Moody at Lizzie's. Uh-huh. Got nominated. Wow. Which was a surprise. That surprised me a lot because that's not the type of. Lizzie's is very approachable. And so I was. It, it's not what you think of as a typical James Beard restaurant, hmm. you know? Yes. Like Maza maybe would be the Lebanese place in town. You would expect that to happen. Yeah. I love Lizzie's, but I was surprised. Um, so the one that's sort of half Salt Lake is Handel and HSL. Uh-huh. Uh, I think they, it, if you look at James Beard's site, they list Handel, but they I mean, do. same chef for mm-hmm. both. Uh, Table X. Uh-huh. And, uh, was it Table X? Was that the one? Table X got uh-huh. nominated, and then Hell's Backbone. Hell's Backbone. In Boulder. Which is always, always on those lists, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. As it should be. Uh, all fi- the Kyoto's the only one I haven't been to. You should go to Kyoto. It's very good. Have you been to Kyoto? Patrick? It's been a long time, but I but I have. Have you been to Table X? Yes. Hmm? Thumbs up. Yeah, it was great. Hmm. I mean, you know, I think that every restaurant has good dishes and bad dishes, but overall the experience was uh, was wonderful. Sometimes you're so Canadian about everything. <laughs> yeah, it's all good or not. I don't want to brag. No, or I think Table brag. X is a restaurant that caters to a certain kind of food consumer. Mm-hmm. And Which is what I mean. Having been the having been the manager managing editor of Salt Lake Magazine, uh-huh. Christy Marcy, what type of food? I, I think people who want something different and are not looking for food that is familiar, either necessarily in taste or presentation, yep. um, gravitate to places like Table X. And then sometimes you just you know sometimes you just want Briar hand but you just want Briar's fried chicken, and that's fine too. Like there's room in this town and. And apparently on the James Beard list for both kinds of places, which is great. I also read that beards are bad for coronavirus. That's so true. I'm Patrick. so I just really. I wash my beard every day. I really think it's time. 
what is your what? T- time to get rid of beards? T- the beard? Like, like I can tell you've had a beard for a while. Like you're Canadian, you were born with a beard. That's different. But like, but like, it, there is a phenomenon that you you may have noticed as like a beard a early oh, yeah. adapter where everybody in town has a beard. Yep. Yeah. 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 It doesn't work for me. I, I I'm probably going on about thirty years without yeah. having some form it's of a facial fine, hair. It's a fine beard, and frankly, the beard works better on some men than others. Agreed. Yeah. Alex, can you even grow a beard? <laughs> I can. In fact, I had one. I don't know if you remember, but I uh, had one during the holidays. I remember so, that. Did you? Yeah. yeah oh, for November and all of that. I yeah. no. I, it was more just because it was getting cold and I wanted to keep my face warm. It doesn't. It doesn't ever really get cold in this. Oh, state. stop it! Oh, Back me up, Patrick. It. Back me up. Winters are pretty mild. Yeah, there you go. That doesn't mean it's not cold. It's just not as cold you as other places. To where you're at, I don't think you need to be snobbish I, about this. It's called smug, not snobbish. And I fully believe that the ice rink at Galvin would not have frozen solid this winter. I just, I don't think it would have. I don't I, think so. Either. Well, neither did the Great Lakes, but here we are. So, like, yeah, it's, and, and look at what happened. Because it did. Yeah, it's no literally eroding. It's like eroding. Detroit is washing uh-huh. into into wherever. I saw a story today that they're expecting forty foot waves on Lake Erie. Forty. I saw twenty, but forty yeah. would be a giant wave. It was a lot. It on was Lake a Erie lot. or Lake Michi- Huron? Michi- Michigan had twenty, and then there, there were estimates that they may get as big as forty on Lake Erie. Erie's not that deep. Erie's not that deep, which I think is the problem, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. But it didn't freeze over, and it's eroding too. Like my my Ohio hometown, the next neighboring town, which is right on the waters, was losing like three foot of coast a day for a while, mm. which is crazy. Wow. So. Yeah. Well, that's where I grew up. Was in that the Great Lakes area. Mm-hmm. So. I, you know. Yeah. You're you're an Ontarian. I am. I am. So I grew up right near Niagara Falls. So spent summers on Lake Erie. Oh yeah. See, yeah. I was I was just on the other, other side. side. Yeah. So. Uh-huh. Uh, so in upstate, there I forget where. Like one of the towns tonight, they're expecting four feet. Whew, that's some lake effect snow. In New yo. York? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, Canada's on the north. I mean, you get a little bit on the um, Windsor side where you get that that blow, but you don't get, like, oh, man. Yeah, yeah you do. Yeah, do you? you do. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Patrick and I have the unique distinction of both having lived in, like, one of two of the three places on Earth that get lake effect snow, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We were I, so just to, if we, I can share an anecdote uh-huh. about snow, we had the the blizzard here. And, mm-hmm. You know, I remember. I, and so, you know, I I thought it was a lot of snow for us, but I I maybe comparing it to some of the storms from the past, and I, you know, there was one storm in particular. It was in 1977, and I remember. I've that, heard about that. Winter. Yeah, it was it was it was pretty brutal. The the cities. So many were, children were born nine months uh-huh. later. Yeah, absolutely. No, seriously, because the cities were shut down for five days. My dad said like, that like like the plows, there were walls on both sides yeah, because they're yeah. like you couldn't see anything. And, yeah. And so what had happened was that uh, Lake Erie had frozen snow had accumulated it didn't melt or it was still very powdery so the storm came in and whipped up all the snow off of lake erie and basically dumped it Mm -hmm. on southern ontario so 
We get snow. We yeah. used to. I don't know anymore. I mean, I, d- I know. I called my dad a couple years ago on Christmas. There had been a huge lake effect snow on Christmas. And he was just like, I have been on the roof three times yeah. shoveling off the roof. Because Perhaps when a it comes, snow rake would be a good Christmas yeah. present for him. Well, it doesn't happen often in, in that area. Like, I think in Buffalo, you have to shovel off your roof a lot more. But in Ohio, you typically don't. But that year you did. So... Um, well, Christy Marcy, I'm going to give you, yes. a, I'm going to give you a segue. Okay. Let's hype I mean, I know it's 56 degrees today or whatever it is. It's a it beautiful is. day, but it's uh, going to be snowy on Sunday when this airs. So, so let's say that hypothetically you lived in Southern Ontario or, uh, upstate New York slash Northern Ohio, and, uh, you were looking for something inside to do perhaps something, a musical performance <laughs> to attend to because you didn't want to be outside. Are there some perhaps musical suggestions that you would have? For this week's music for, do's and don'ts for Buffalo, New York. No, no I here. did not prepare for that. I, I <laughs> <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so confused, but um, but I but have. Let's 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 assume you're he- just give us your music do's. Well, and I was trying to give you a. Segue. I know it didn't. It's fine. It, it we made it work. Um, I, I do have some, but I also was thinking on my drive over to the studio today that like the summer account, the summer concert announcements are trickling through too. So it's mm. almost time for our concert preview show. Oh, that's Once the true. Red Butte announcements come through, that's true. And we can perhaps we can get uh, Red Butte someone, and we can get Felicia to talk about Twilight. We'll we'll figure it out. Yeah. That sounds like a good show. Okay, but we got to get past gotta we got to get, get past St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. So um, we're not even. We're going all the way to March seventh in this one so okay. we've got another week of st patrick's day talk okay. um so march 2nd which is monday zz ward is playing the complex she's kind of like um blue-eyed soul blues i've seen her at a couple festivals and she's she's fine she wouldn't be a destination for me but if you happen to like be in the greater complex area it would be worth going to um, March 4th, Amanda Shires is playing the state room. She is a fiddle player uh, and a great musician. And though I am hesitant to ever like try to tell someone that they should be interested in someone because of who they are married to, uh, Amanda Shires is married to Jason Isbell. And so any of the fiddles that you hear or harmonizing um, that you hear on his albums is actually her. But she's really great on her on her own. And she is also the one that, that got Jason sober. So we should all be grateful for that. Um, Thursday, March 5th, G-Love and the Special, special sauce? sauce is playing in Park Whoa. City at PC Live. Wow. So... Yeah, so that's a thing you could go to. And also, uh, Soul Asylum is at what? Metro Music Hall. Oh, my How goodness. How would a 90s kid choose? Well, I'm going to stay I can home. Tell, I so. can tell you that Soul Asylum's from Minnesota. Oh, well. So I know where I'll be. Where's G-Love from? Uh, I don't know. Where is G-Love from? I don't know. Okay. I had our producer. <laughs> ba- not, ba- Baltimore? He is tuned out. I had, speaking of 90s music, I had this conversation with Charlie yesterday where Ani DeFranco came on my like Spotify mix. And so I was explaining to him that like, like Ani DeFranco, when I listened to, I, basically I was like, you should introduce the girls that you like to Ani DeFranco because it will be life changing for them. And like, she gave me permission to be angry. And like, I did this whole TED talk about Ani DeFranco. And then he looked at me and he was like, so without Ani DeFranco, you might be a nicer person. <laughs> so wow. that was nice. So that was fun. She's um, from Buffalo. <laughs> she's from Buffalo. So there's the connection. There I you thought go. you brought it back. Yeah. 
Um, Friday, March 6th at the Commonwealth Room, Lone Bellow, which is kind of like artsy, folksy, harmonizing stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Saturday, March 7th, Hippie Sabotage is at the Union. They did a um, Twilight show in Ogden last year. That was good. Oh, that's okay. That's weird. Yeah. I knew it sounded yeah, familiar yeah, yeah. to me. I think it was in Ogden. Maybe it was a this no, one. No, I think I think I it was this Ogden. one. Was it Salt Lake? Yeah, because I think I was one of the not to uh, humble brag. I think I was one of the people that was introducing you're that the one. announcer. Uh, and then also uh, March seventh is Billy Strings at Snowbird, which uh, there's a Subaru mes- music festival happening. <laughs> and Billy Strings is really great and is like. Like gonna be playing large venues soon, uh, so one strings? should go see him. Uh-huh. Hey, Chrissy, what's yeah. the difference between a fiddle and a violin? Oh well, a violin has strings and a fiddle has strings. So are there you go. suggesting this should be Billy Strings? He's, a, he's a guitar player. I, though. I, I was throwing it's you. A, a, I was throwing you your joke. It's a stupid there. name, but he's really good. Um, I will not be at either of those Saturday shows because my firstborn turns nineteen on Saturday, which is crazy. Is is nineteen an important birthday? She thinks it is. She's excited that she has a Saturday birthday, and so she's got a whole day planned. A whole, that's a whole thing. A whole so, day. It's amazing. It's a Georgia, so, Georgia day. So you're, awesome. so you're not 21, but you're not. You're, you don't have the joy of turning 18, no, and you're not 21. You're buy, 19. She can't even buy cigarettes anymore because they raise the cigarette age to 21 too. She, it, there's, there's nothing you can do at 19. You know what? We need to ask a millennial Mormon. Hey, millennial Mormon, <laughs> you can vote. Uh, what, do, what do you? Oh, she, she can vote. She that's can vote. true. What, mm-hmm. what do you, what do you do on your 19th birthday when you? can't buy cigarettes or alcohol what do you or, or I should say any of your birthdays what do you do well <laughs> 19 uh, when I was growing up was you, you know you just pack your bags and go on a mission you but they've lowered that age to 18 now oh, so yeah. uh, so and oh pa- so you were and, in Edmonton and Patrick Edmonton, knows yeah. that at 19 you go to casinos and get drinks in Canada because that's mm. how we always celebrated our yeah. 19th birthdays as we would all caravan up to Canada yeah so in Canada the drinking age is 19 mm-hmm. interesting 18 uh, in Quebec what, uh, so what is what's the First Nations tribe near near you because so for me it was like the the Oneida tribe uh, when I when I was a kid, but yeah, what was your? In the, I mean, we have uh, Mohawk, Mohawk? Uh, Iroquois. Oh yeah, Iroquois. Uh, the Huron. I mean, there's there's quite a few different tribes. Mm-hmm. Our, uh, the Algonquin. Yep. So. I uh, I remember going to uh, Lac de Flambeau Casino uh, in yeah Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Let's find a tremendous buffet. I lost a lot of money. <laughs> You don't strike me as a casino guy. Oh, I'm not. No. Uh, I'm not. I, I mean, my, my friends casino. really just wanted to go. Uh, you know, what, what bothers me about the casinos, I mean, now you don't have it quite as much, but you know, when I grew up in Minnesota, I worked in restaurants and bars and people could smoke. And it's funny because when I went to grad school, I moved to Colorado. Ironically, it was a no smoking state. And then I went back to Minnesota. I was like, it was like walking into a wall and I'm like, this oh, yeah. is just something I experienced my whole life and I didn't think yeah, about casinos it. Casinos smell terrible. So, casinos smell terrible. And, and there's this constant like ding, 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 ding. And the lights and I get migraines. It's it's like the set. It, I get multi-sensory problems. It's too much. It's a lot. It's too much. And it, it's a lot by design. Like they do that on purpose. So. Do you give me migraines on purpose? Well, that no, seems... but they do. Like, like it's supposed to be a constant distraction. I love a good casino. What, so you, I like so you slot can't machines. Pull, you can't pull the I slot love machine. Bingo. With... I love free drinks. Like I love a good casino. In fact, Stuart and I are going to Wendover on the fun bus next month for a concert. Cool. So we'll have a good time. I thought you were, I thought you were, uh, what's the other city? I'm Mesquite. Mesquite. I, I thought you were love, a Mesquite girl. I do love Mesquite, but this particular concert happens to be in Wendover did and you, it's closer. Did you lose Mesquite in the breakup? <laughs> oh no. Uh-uh. You kept Mesquite? I'm already? keeping Mesquite. Uh-huh. Right. He's going to yeah. go find another, another city? I don't care what he does. Oh, fair. Yeah. 
Um, you know, I haven't even done a reset. You're listening to AM 1280, 97.5 FM The Zone. This is SLC Culture. Patrick Hubley from the Utah Film Center is here. Uh, and while we have a little bit of meandering, our anchor today is talking about the Tumbleweeds Film Festival, uh, which is a film festival for kids from 4 to 4,000. 4 to four to what? What do we say, Patrick? We say 4 to 14, but you don't, you know. Kids of all ages. Kids of all... People young at heart. Indeed. Uh, people that like a foreign film. People that mm-hmm. like a live action. People that like some an- animated... Or some documentaries. Documentaries. Um, so, it runs for a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, it starts... March the 6th. March 6th to the 15th. 15th. And information can be found at utahfilmcenter.org. Mm-hmm. Um, Patrick, because we're an hour-long show, we got some new listeners. Let's go back sort of a bit to the top of the hour, and let's sure. do a quick rundown. Like, So what exactly is Tumbleweeds? Ninth year, but what can people expect? Well, Tumbleweeds is a film festival for kids and young audiences, so we'll be showing films from around the world. Uh, we get, provide age recommendations on our website for what films we uh, for age appropriateness. We'll also be having uh, hosting workshops and uh, clubhouse activities, which are are free to anybody who stops by. What is a what is what is a clubhouse activity? Do I make a sandwich with, two, with three slices of bread, some turkey, some bacon, some mayonnaise? Yeah, yes, actually, we no. It's uh, we're it, these are partner organizations that um, who are setting up. You know. Basically, opportunities, creative, creative, um, cre- little creative uh, opportunities for kids to 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 participate in. So a vignette. Uh, yeah, well, more of like, you know, they're representing their organizations. So, you know, we, every year we um, we have Maggie Willis, a local artist, whom, whom you know, Christian. I do. She won the um, uh, Mayor's Arts Award last year and was yeah. the interim director of Umoka before I got there. Yeah. So she she comes in and does this, you know, collaborative art project. Last year she did uh, paper mache fish, oh, which was which was really great. So it's that kind of um, opportunity. You know, the Clark Planetarium will be there. We'll have uh, an augmented reality scavenger hunt in the library, which is is really great. And I do want to actually give a a, a shout out to the city library who um, who are hosting us. And you know, this is the first year we've run. Uh, uh, two weekends so they've been really gracious to open their doors and give us that opportunity to expand the festival they're amazing partners well you know the i mean your entire staff uh, i know quite well and they do a tremendous job um the library staff is phenomenal you had peter bromberg on uh, a while back and yeah. in terms of what he does in terms of thinking what a library should be in the 21st century about moving away from books to really a community center and education yeah. space uh and you know debbie Ehrman does a tremendous job so i mean Absolutely. peter and debbie uh, do a phenomenal job on the library. Uh, f- those of you who listen regularly know that you can check out both a sewing machine and a ukulele from the library. So yeah. who knew until we had Peter on? Yeah, we're really. I think we're as a community really fortunate to have a, a leader like him at the library. He's definitely a visionary as it comes to how uh, what the library means in, in the future. And I don't think it. But I, I mean, I'm not well versed in libraries around the country, but I I, I wonder how many uh, have that kind of leadership in place. Yeah. I wish I was still running the museum because I feel like you, he, and I could be like three tenors, kind of like three souls of arts and culture <laughs> in this community singing songs. Um, you know, I mean, you know, he's a lot, he's the, he's the most clean shaven, the tallest, you know, you've got a little bit of the beard and sort of the Canadian vibe and I, I don't know what the, it is I bring. I bring pigeon sweaters and the three of us could, you know, I, I think that we've got, I think we could have a three part something going there. We could. I mean, you know, 
I am truly speechless. Maybe for the first time in my entire life. At uh, so you, you say. You like pivoting to the three tenors from the library. Wasn't wasn't there just a thing about Pl- Placido Domingo? Oh, yeah, no, he swept up in the whole Me Too thing. Yeah. But, and then yeah. he apologized and unapologized, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is, is he one of the tenors? I don't even know who the tenors I, are. I don't, I don't uh, Pavarotti, uh, Pavarotti, Domingo, and Carrer- Carrera? I don't know. I think. I know Carrera is a type of marble, but I think it's I think it's Pavarotti, Domingo, and Carrera. There's no fiddle, so. Oh, Millennial Alex. Speaking of music, though, this is completely off topic, but I wanted you to know because I think that might be the kind of thing you're interested in. Did you see that the English Beat is coming to town? Yes, yes. Okay. I saw them last year in L.A., and I'm going to go see them again, and I'm okay. so excited. Okay, I wanted to make sure you saw that. Okay, who, who is it? Is it like the full band? Like, are they back? Like yeah, the, they've replaced it? what's his face though. Ranking when Roger, I saw him yeah. last time, they they had re- and it and it was a fine replacement, but okay, yeah, yeah. Ranking Roger passed away last year, and oh, so he did. Mm-hmm. Oh, so I he, think he'd not been active for yeah. A while, he hasn't though. he hasn't been doing anything with them for a while, but yeah, you know, yeah, he got replaced, and so they've been kind of paying tribute in all of their shows. Oh, cool. Yeah. So tonight, which of course, uh, we're recording on Friday, so even though you're listening on Sunday, it's two days before, uh, Car- you know, Tennessee Carl, who works at Duffy's, also has a rockabilly, country billy band that I'm going to tonight at Duffy's at 10 o'clock. You are going out to a show? show at 10 Are at you night. inviting me? I am inviting you. I'm also inviting Millennial Alex. Patrick, feel free to come along too. 10 o'clock at Duffy's. I'm having a ladies' night with my friend, so that might could work. Yeah, yeah. So tonight, I mean, it's it's country, it's country Billy, like not just like you know, it's more on the countryside, but classic, old school. I know you are 100 percent speaking my language right I, now, well, Christian I, Anderson. I, I can't believe this is the so first I've heard of they, it. They, well, I only found out about it the other day. So they have a they have a lady fiddle player, and they're going to do the uh, was it God who made honky tonk angels, and then they're going to do their Kitty puzzle. Wells? Wells and the and the original uh, that she was rep- responding to. Uh-huh. So yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. So the, I know they're going to do that and various things. Sundries. Okay. Interesting. I can't believe you didn't text me immediately. I, our relationship isn't what it used to be. It's fine. I've got to say uh, now that we don't work together, we like don't work it's together. fine. It's and, fine. And I've got to say, and, and I was saying this, like being unemployed, like it's uh, I, you know, I've been kind of a hermit because it's embarrassing. Like it's embarrassing to show up and be like, I don't have a job. Like I'm just embarrassed. I'm, Why? I, I'm a middle, I'm a middle aged guy who doesn't have a job, and I just feel embarrassed about you it. Just I'm saying sorry. you're on sabbatical, like all the other guys well, who wear fancy sweaters and wear it, glasses say dude, when they. It worked fine at Sundance. Off. I just told people I was a producer, but now that that's over, now. <laughs> You know, I, could, I suppose I could say I'm a so, consultant. I don't know. Christian, you could say, you know, I took a couple months off to figure out what my next plan was, and I'm, you know, coming right. up with that strategy. Right. I think that, yeah, like, then people well, ask me I'm about well, my strategy. No, because... Yeah, but why, why are you embarrassed about so being dumb. in between jobs? Like, well, that's I don't know. dumb. It's a fact of life. It, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it's just my own thing. It's not that my own you, insecurity. It's not like you're choosing not to work. Like, you could easily get a job slinging drinks or something if you wanted to. So, this is a choice you're making. So, you should not be embarrassed by it. Thank you for, thank you both for you're empowering welcome. me. Hey, no problem, bud. <laughs> so, we're here. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and one of the things that I could do as a, as a, 
low cost yet high quality option with myself and my nine year old son would be to go to the Tumbleweeds Film Festival. Absolutely. Which is happening uh, Friday to Friday? March 6th to the 15th. So Friday to the following Sunday. Sunday. Uh, information about that can be found at utahfilmcenter.org. Correct. It's a nonprofit. Remember when the end of your internet address used to mean something? It doesn't anymore. Yeah, it doesn't really. It doesn't? I thought you had to have a. The, the dot go, dot gov I think is one of the few that's restricted. I think org might still be restricted. I it's think, not. Mm-mm. Are you sure? I am. Po- I am one hundred percent positive. Okay. Uh, but yeah, you, you know, you can get a dot ca. You can get a dot cz. You can be licensed out of the Czech Republic if you want to. You know, you could. I. You could do Christy Marcy dot cz. I already have christymarcy.com. Do you really? I do. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I've never looked it up. I use it just for email. I don't. I should put like a writing portfolio or something on there, but I don't know. Are your opinions on things? <laughs> just random opinions. I, I thought think, that's I what Twitter think, was. I don't think there's enough storage on the internet <laughs> for your opinions. What's 18 teraflops worth of anger? <laughs> Come to Christy Marcy. Austin, don't leave. Don't leave. You can actually answer this live since you're here. Uh, as you know, uh, every week uh, following us, you roll into the movie zone with Austin and Adrian because we're part of a two-part arts and culture hour. And so we always ask our uh, guest to, to talk about a film that's uh, within the theme of the show. Of course, our guest today is the executive director of the Utah Film Center. No pressure, Who is curating Austin. a film festival for children, Austin. So, yeah, so don't uh, don't screw this up. I was going to say something, but I didn't want to have to get dumb. Uh, so, what is the theme of which our favorite movie... Our, is favorite, our favorite kids, kids movie? movie? Uh, our favorite kids movie. I'm actually going to go with The Secret of Nim. That's one that has stuck with me for a long time. The Secret of Nim, The Rats, The Lab, um, you know, they were probably, you know, Subjected to coronavirus, I don't know. It was a oh, cautionary no. tale. Oh, uh, it was a cautionary tale, but I love the secret of Nim has stuck with me. Okay, so. mine is one hundred percent beyond the shadow of a doubt. Mary Poppins, Mrs. Banks was my first feminist role model, and I have a well documented, documented, and decades long crush on Dick Van Dyke, which is probably when you I started a, liking t- the Brits. A, you have a type. Oh my gosh! I just had this aha moment. Like Br- that's when it happened. That terrible accent is what sucked me into the Brits for the rest of my days. British men and men who drink a lot. You have a type. Oh man! Can you say supercalifragilisticexpialidocious <laughs> backwards? I need to call I my therapist. That. I'll be back. Yeah. Uh, Patrick, your favorite? No, I mean no pressure since you curate a children's film festival. <clears throat> Favorite kids movie well, of all time. It's actually a short film uh, called The Sweater by uh, Roche Carrier. That's um, a very fancy answer. Yeah, well, it's a Canadian story. <laughs> and, and I like that none of us would know if no, he's lying. He's, he's totally he's making like, it up. He's like, I... Christian's wearing a sweater, and I'm going to say anyway. Go ahead, I believe. No, it's a it's a French Canadian story that was animated by the NFB about uh, a kid who got a Toronto Maple Leaf sweater for Christmas, but he was a Montreal Canadiens fan. So Mm. his his mom his mom ordered the sweater through the catalog, and they sent the wrong sweater. Ooh, I've got a follow up to that afterwards. All right, Uh, Austin. So uh, most of the movies I like are younger or children uh, uh, directed movies. That I mean Pixar. That doesn't surprise me, given your maturity level. Right, and uh, you know I've got an eighteen month old. That's all we're watching these days yeah. is children's movies. But my all time favorite is probably Muppets Christmas Carol. Oh, that's it's a good, good one. I was like the Muppets. Any of the Muppets are are solid. Yeah, Christmas Carol though, huh? Just mm. watched it yesterday. Not kidding. 
just wow. a, a late February watch of the. No, cri- it's just something we watch all the time at our house. <laughs> have, have, have you seen Emmett Otter's Jug Band? No. Oh my gosh, I have it on DVD. I'll bring it the next time Perfect. we record. I'll see. Yeah. I'll, I'll borrow it from you. Yeah. It's pre Muppets. Yeah. It was a TV. It was a TV movie. Mm-hmm. And so, but it's also a holiday film. And it's Jim Henson-ish. Yeah. yeah. It's good. It's I can good. imagineer what it would be like. Oh. It's, it's I got to run, guys. Okay, bye, yeah. Austin. It's Jim Henson pre-Muppets. Yeah. Yeah, Millennial Alex, what's your what's your favorite uh, kids movie? And Lord of the Rings extended version is acceptable in my book, but... Yeah, if, if that's acceptable, then that's obviously the go-to. Right. But, uh, you know, if we're talking like... Real, you know, aimed towards that audience. It's probably Disney's Hercules. Hercules. I didn't know anybody liked Hercules. It's the greatest Disney animated movie of all time. <laughs> you were saying that without I, no, no hesitation. It's no. not even like an ironic thing or anything. Like I genuinely, Sometimes. truly love that movie. I, you know, okay. I, I've always wondered why a, a, an an educated Lord of the Rings loving. Uh, uh, you know, not too horribly looking guy like yourself is single, and then you just said that. Hercules. Wait, what's wrong with Hercules? I, 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 I don't know. A, I mean, to say it's the greatest Disney movie of all time. This is a reflection on his age. It's like it came out at this movie grabbed Alex at the right time, and it just made an impression. It, I had a friend once who would like his favorite go-to bar argument that he would fight to the death on was that Gene Wilder's performance in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory or Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, whichever one that one is, was the greatest performance by any actor in any movie in the history of cinema, which, like... It's kind of funny, but also, like, I mean, try to argue that when you're drunk. But it was the same thing. Like, he saw that movie at the right time as a kid, and it became you get nothing. larger than life to him. Good and day, I think sir. that's what happened with young Alex and Hercules. I think if he was being, if he was being objective, he would recognize that Sleeping Beauty is clearly the best Disney <laughs> film of all time. Go but home and watch Hercules, and then come back, and like we'll discuss I've it a little bit. I've got children, like, Alex. I have seen all of the Disney movies. Have you seen it recently, though? In the last have you? 30 15 yes. years. Whoa. I used to watch it weekly when I was like in my mid twenties. Now that in I'm, your you mid twenties, yeah. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I asked him for advice for your 19 year old. Oh, Patrick, best Disney movie. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Not wading into that one. No, I'm not touching it. It's Sleeping Beauty. But I, I'm gonna. But I, it's, oh. but I had a question though about okay. you know about why, when you watch the movie. So I mean, I saw Star Wars when I was seven years old. Does uh-huh. that count as a kids movie? At the time, I think I think all the Star Wars are yeah. are, are kids movies. Okay. I think it's the same thing. Like it grabs you when you're young. Yeah. I've never seen a Star Wars, and so like I think it's the same. Like sure, it's just not. But Christian, Sleeping Beauty is the best Disney movie, and the reason that it's the best Disney movie is because Maleficent didn't get invited to a party, and she ruined everybody's life. And I love that so much. Like one social slight, and everything changes in that village. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's a role model, I, which is why you should remind me. You should tell me sooner than the day of the next time there's a country hillbilly concert that I, you think someone should go there to. There you go. I was I was just gonna say Fantasia, but okay. What do I know? You don't know anything. 
Uh, can you believe that we have been chit-chatting for an hour about the musings and the happenings? Is that time already? It is. Uh, well, because, uh, yeah, I mean, Austin is hanging in the wings to do uh, the movie zone with Austin Adrian to talk okay. about what's on at the Larry H. Miller Megaplex. But I want to thank Patrick from the Film Center for being here to talk about films for children and going to the Tumbleweeds Film Festival. Uh, more information can be found at utahfilmcenter.org. And I'm almost positive Patrick is our longest or our most quantity serving guest. And so thank you, Patrick. Uh, for coming on anytime you get the call, the bat signal, here you are. There's always something new in film. Uh, the film center, not, I mean, not. I mean, I wanted sort of uh, toot your horn because I know you're not the world's biggest self-torn, uh, torn, self-horn tutor. <laughs> uh, not only do we have tumbleweeds, but you do damn these heels and you do mm-hmm. programming year round. I mean, every week there's free films that the film center does, and uh, it's a tremendous organization. So when you go to utahfilmcenter.org, it's not just for it's not just tumbleweeds. It's year round free film programming around the state uh the film center is a tremendous organization uh year-round and we didn't even talk about you know the foundry and shift and all the oh, things so yeah. so many things that we can talk about next time the well, hour always passes quickly when you're the guest patrick well i appreciate being invited to be on so thank you for having me again and i we didn't even get a chance to talk about speaking of like jerseys we didn't even get to talk about the fact that they're thinking of eliminating the like the backup goalie rule in hockey which makes me agitated no, that was the most beautiful that story that was the most of, beautiful in a, story in a of the week year full yeah. of terrible news like that was just, that was a bright spot and Oops. i got a lot of uh, text message saying my nhl dreams could still be alive if i was a, <laughs> it's true you're on the young end for the backup goalie. All right. You've been listening to AM 1280 and 97.5 FM The Zone. This has been SLC Culture. Stay tuned for the Movie Zone with Austin and Adrian coming up next.